Howdy folks, hope everybody's doing well. I just realized I capitalized the C and T in my ICT. <laughs> OCD's flaring and it's not starting off on a good foot, is it? <laughs> so, obviously we've had uh, a pretty week. So we've seen several large trades this week and we've seen people come in and claim that it's demo and you've seen me put that to bed too and you also now seen proof of what i talked about in my private mentorship i said if you start running up big like consistent days and, and you start really smashing it they're going to step in front of you Okay, they're going to do things to keep you from being consistent. And I shared the first account of it where I was in the trade and I tried to put the stop on and the target on and it wouldn't do it. So I just elected to you know just close the trade below the recent loan. You saw that this week. It went lower even though it went to where I was calling it. I just couldn't focus. So last night and all through today, I took uh, a pretty good amount of trades, and I would have had a, an enormous windfall day today. I planned on peacocking and running around, <laughs> showing myself uh, out real well tonight. But uh, obviously, you can see the tomfoolery that AMP and the boys in Chi Town were pulling on good old ICT. So it's hard to argue with that kind of stuff when you see it. Like I'm literally trying to do everything I can to close that position. I tried to do partials all the way down. And there's more to that, more trades as well. But you know, just for the sake of not having to sit down all the times where I was toggling through um, different monitors and not have pictures of my family and, as you know, backgrounds on some of them. So I just made it easy to show you the heart of the, the trade, where it was going down. And I was trying to take eight of the contracts off of the 10 and all the bullshit that uh, their, their customer service dude. I don't think the guy was even reading the email correctly. Like when I was reporting it to their, uh, I guess it's their trade desk management. I guess it's, I thought it was a person, TDM at AMP Futures or AMPClearing.com. I got some guy named Charles that got back. So Charles was not in charge today. <laughs> he had no help for me whatsoever. Uh, his email responses gave me the impression that he was thinking that I was trying to trade more contracts than I should have been allowed, where I'm above 10 contracts. I've done more than 10 contracts. So that's bullshit. That, that doesn't fit this uh, issue. The issue was is I couldn't close open positions. And I've seen some of you in the responses saying that you had similar situations like that and you rectified it by doing the cancellation of the pending orders, like take the stop off, take the limit off, and then you can do partials. I did all that. And remember, I was doing these all night long. And it had nothing to do with the brackets, even though they put that little disclaimer up there saying, oh, the brackets might not work. 
okay, it didn't work even when it was just the position. Like I couldn't close it at all. And I had several positions. I was up and down all night long. I was all over that market. And every time it would give me a position that was really in my favor, it just would not let me out of it. Wouldn't let me out of it. So I went down into the ledger and tried to close it that way where you just go to the far right of the, the trade that's open. There's a little X there. You click that and that can close the position. Nope. Wasn't having that either. So it's some bullshit. That's what it is. And that's fine. You know, I don't give a fuck. These people, <laughs> I'm already fucking rich. I don't need their fucking little Mickey Mouse fucking trading accounts. I don't need, I don't need all that stuff. I've done all this just to prove to you all. And the boy down in Texas that keeps on talking his bullshit. Mr. I'm going to try to use five fucking accounts in Robin's Cup. Vinny, let's make it very plain while everybody's attention is at the highest point. I will do one contract account, period. I will show you my full account, the fucking opening balance. And I expect you to do the same thing. You said you'll open up five accounts and you'll prove that you can rig it and win it. But I just need you to do one. Just do one. Show me that one full account number. And then we're in there together. And I'm going to sit there. And I'm going to wait until I see your ass. All you got to do is show up on there. Just show up on, even on the fifth spot, like Tom Dante and fucking failed and rolled off. Somebody rolled him off with 36% the very next day. I will light your ass on fire and make you famous for being the biggest fucking failure and talker there's ever been. <laughs> You're a fucking clown, dude. You are a clown. Come on, dude. I'm in your fucking broker, and they won't even let me fucking tear the doors off the fucking place. Mr. Wonderful, Mr. You can do everything. You can fucking turn shit into fucking gold with your future trading. Man, you're a fucking nobody. A nobody. Dude, I'm in here running up on this fucking shit. You're trying to do all these multiple fucking accounts, trying to get these little tiny little moves. I can put one fucking trade on for the week and smoke your ass. All you have to do is Gins Cup. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. You've already said multiple times, you're going to do it. You're going to prove. You're going to prove. I'm going to prove you're full of shit. Because I've done everything this year. And you've done nothing but talk out your ass. Out your ass. <laughs> Class action lawsuit. Bring it, motherfucker. I got receipts 30 fucking years back. I will fucking smoke your ass there, too. I beat you in everything. I beat you in every fucking way possible. I can make more money than you. I have more money than you. I bought a house that's bigger than yours that costs more than yours. It's newer than yours. I bought a truck that costs more than your fucking dusty-ass 12-year-old piece of shit. Motherfucker, I pay more taxes than you earned in your entire fucking life. Okay? That's who you're fucking listening to right now, you fucking dick. I have done everything this year to beg and plead to fucking let you feel confident to come in there and show the world that you are the Alexander. I mean, that's going to kick ICT's ass. You're going to come up and punch me in the fucking face, bitch. I want you to. I'll pay for your air flight. I will give you first class business fucking flight up here. And I guarantee you, you won't do shit. You fucking pussy. All this talking, this talking, bring your fucking shit. Bring your shit. Everybody sees I can fucking trade now. Everybody knows it now. And all you got to do is come to the fucking dance.
I'm so good that brokers don't even want me in there anymore. Okay. I will beat you with one fucking contract. I will never trade with more than one contract and I will fuck you up. I will fuck your Mickey Mouse algo box horse shit. Left, right, seven, six fucking ways from Sunday. I will beat your motherfucking system's ass. Please, with sugar on top, please, please find some fucking balls and join that motherfucker because I will make you fucking infamous. You will never even come close to me. Never. Not one fucking chance in hell do you have. Not one. So make your bullshit, your little memes, your other fucking bullshit on your YouTube. Notice you're not growing. Nobody gives a fuck, dude. All this fucking Photoshop stuff. Come on, man. Bring your best. Bring your motherfucking best. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. Okay? You have bent your motherfucking knee. You have done that. I'm telling you to your fucking face right now. You hear it from my own voice. You are a pussy. You fucking failed. You didn't even fucking try. How does that fucking feel? How does that feel, man, to put a whole year's worth of bull on nothing because your feelings got hurt because I didn't defend you? You're a grown-ass fucking man. Bring that grown-ass man. Let's go. Let's give the world the fucking show that you promised them because I am fucking ready. I am ready, dude. I am fucking ready. And what about that guy Sam, by the way? This motherfucker's sitting with 8%. Ain't traded in a fucking two-week period. He probably turned his fucking MyFX book off. Dude, seriously? <laughs> I probably made more money today than his account ever had. Where's the talkers at? <gasps> Raja Banks. Oh, I heard what you said the other day. I'm a professor. I am a professor. <laughs> I can teach good, but I can't fucking do it. Listen, son. All you got to do is take that MT4 bullshit into a real account outside of a server. Robin's I will make you famous too. I promise. I promise. You've been polite, and I'll do, but I'll still politely beat your ass in that contest. See, all you guys out here trying to jump on the fucking bandwagon, dude, you know how you, here's how, here's how you get to be the best. Call my bluff. Call my motherfucking bluff. Call, see if I don't get in that motherfucker and rip this shit apart. How's that? I will beat it with one contract. I will never do more than one contract. How fucking hard is that not to just go ahead and do it? You know what? ICT put himself in a box. Not an algo box, but a box. He's going to do one contract. E-mini S&P. That's the only market I'm going to trade. Is that fucking not fair? I mean, I'm giving you all the advantages. Because trust me, you're going to say, oh, no, no, he's not. He's going to have an excuse why he lost. Motherfucker, I ain't losing. I'm not losing. I'm making it so obvious that there ain't a motherfucker walking this planet that even come close to me. All you got to do is get in there. Get the fuck in there. Show me that you joined. Show the full account. And I am on the hook. I got to do the same thing. Why are you fucking posers hiding? I'm on this Twitter. The, the clock's running down, dude. 2022 is about to close. I'm looking around. I don't see anybody with a fucking pair of balls. 
I see a whole lot of MT4 servers. I see a whole lot of hindsight. I did this, I did that, but ain't done shit, really. I showed you two brokerage accounts live. I'm calling moves and trading them with precision that nobody's fucking seen before. And again, now, what I've said before, my students have seen it now. It's proven. The brokers shut me down. You thought I was making up that shit. Dude, I record every fucking thing. Everything. I'm not, I'm not a person that needs to make up bullshit. I don't need to lie about anything. Okay? I will come with receipts. Period. Now, if you've seen enough, <laughs> that's a little disappointing because I've worked very hard this year to try to get you guys all worked up into a frenzy to come out here and slay ICT. The talker, the big mouth, the bragger, the motherfucker that talks out his ass. Well, guess what? I'm sitting here with bells on. I'm sitting here with bells on, begging and pleading for you pussies to come out here and take me the fuck on. Hear that? Listen real close. You hear it? Crickets in silence. And some of my own motorcycle. <laughs> so, yeah. I have a little bit of pent-up hostility tonight. Because I know what I'm capable of. And you've seen that. you see me trying to get out near the low. I'm trying to get eight contracts of that 10 off. And I can't get it off. Not because I can't trade. Not because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm doing the same thing you see me do all the time. But they just got tired of paying out. See, some of you guys think that you're going to walk out here and eventually get to the point where you can trade like me. Be as precise as me. Be as consistent as me. And you're just going to put brokerage firms out of business. That, that, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And I've had literally people in my mentorship that are paid members over the last six years. Invariably, some of them will come up in, in the forum once they become charter members. And everybody in there is a charter member so they can all talk now and post and create threads in the forum and such. But they said that, you know, it doesn't make any sense why a broker, and I've seen some some of you actually saying this shit in the tweet in the tweets and such. It doesn't make any sense why a broker would try to stop you from making money because they make money by your transactions. No, actually, that's the least of their business model. Their better model is where they be book somebody. And every single time I go into a live account, I always, I always do a little bit of a Judas swing or I'll drop it down a little bit and I want to see how they feel me going forward. Well, they saw that and then I ripped their ass apart. Pounded them. This week I pounded and pounded and pounded. And I guess they said, oh shit. We be booked the wrong motherfucker. Well, let's pull out all the dirty tricks. <laughs> In Forex, I would get quotes, requotes, 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 not executions. They would deny my executions. It would be just a requote. And some of you probably experienced that. In futures, it's no, we're rejecting your order. Rejected, rejected, rejected. And you can't get out when it's at the highest point of the partial or at where you're trying to get out. In other words, I saw it trying to turn and I wanted to get at least eight of the 10 off. Nope, denied me. Watch it on the Twitter. 
video I just posted. It's the very last one I was trying to close. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't let me do it. So, I mean, I, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. It's the general of it all. I'm thankful it happened this week because that way it's one more thing that I told my students that would happen if you try to be too perfect and you just hammer them. They're not going to let you do that. They will not let you do that. The world's rigged. The markets are rigged. Everything about this whole show is every bit 100% manipulated. And you have to operate in some small little scope. This small little window of, okay, I'll take some meat out of the marketplace. And then you got to do some nonsensical trades. Shit that doesn't make any sense. Go in. When you know it's likely to go down, buy it. Hold it for a little bit, then get out. You have to muddy the waters up. Otherwise, you put a big spotlight on yourself, and then all of a sudden you have the shit that you saw this week with me. Now, you can argue, and you can say, oh, this guy is making up excuses. Uh, dude, I'm making money. I'm making money. The trades are in massive profits. I can't get out of them. <laughs> I'm not crying about not being able to put a trade on. I'm in the trades. I'm not crying about a trade not being profitable. I'm in the highest point of the profit, and they won't let me out of it. That's the kind of shit that was going on in 2001 and 2002 with Forex. Currency moves like that. They, they, when they first started, you know, they had bucket shop brokers that would pull that kind of shit all the time. And I fell victim to that same type of shit then. And you know, the only thing you can do is just close, close the account. So I'm not really interested in, in continuing a business partnership with this brokerage firm because they've already shown their colors to me and I'm not interested. And I have shown anybody that's willing to listen to what I put out, not my opinion, not some conjecture, not some I'm mad because I lost money. No, I fucking made money, but you didn't let me have the amount of money I earned. There's a difference there, okay? So the dumbasses that are coming in there in my comment section on my videos saying, oh, you proved yourself as a fraud. How the fuck is me sitting in a profitable trade, 13,000, bagged the fuck out and not being able to close the position out? How's that fraud? Come on now. You've seen me in positions larger than 10 contracts. So it's... It's obvious, okay? It's obvious. They were doing whatever they could to fuck with me. And I get it. I mean, you can't beat me. So get me to the point where I don't want to deal with, do business with you and close the account. That's fine. No problem. But you're going to fucking pay me what I earned. And then it's no problem. They up about you as a company. Amp Futures is trash. That fucking company is garbage. It's trash. I would not fucking do business with them. And I don't care if you believe me or or you know take my word of advice. I don't give a fuck. I don't ever talk about brokerage firms. There's only two I've ever really mentioned. If it's FXCM because they're trash. And now AMP Futures. And I've beat ass and they were keeping me from taking out, period. So where's your excuse? Where's the angle on that? Exactly. So I know sometimes when you when you see things like this or hear about it, it feels a little bit 
uh, disheartening because it made you feel like you're taking a te- you know a huge step back. Like, oh no, you know that was the broker I was going to go with because I could start with a little bit of money. Well, let me tell you something. If you start with a little bit of money, that little bit of money is going to be the reason why you're not going to succeed because you have to correctly. So don't look at it like, you know, it's the easy, cheap man approach, okay? The poor man's approach to uh, getting into a market and over leveraging. You, you, just because they allow $300 margin for a mini contract when it's, in, you know, 10, 11,000, whatever it is now, that, um, that, that should not be the reason why you're going with that broker. If it is, or if you listen listen to somebody that says, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is what you do. You you go in and you can trade five contracts because I can afford to do it because I have this much money in the account." Dude, seriously, that's a moron teaching you. Okay, that's a moron leading you into ruin. Period. It's the reality of it all. You know, I'm not sitting here in Ninja Trader running daily performance reports that are based on market replay bullshit i'm in a market with a real account pulling down real money and how many times have you seen me come out this year and show day after 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 day and show you once in a while where the human in me does something and it's not as perfect as i want it to be or these technical glitches throw me out of my focus. It's pretty consistent. So that's why I do everything publicly like that. Like in my mentorship, there was never any private, here's my example. And here's what I did. Here's what I didn't do. I do it publicly. Everybody gets to see me. Everybody gets to judge me, weigh me in the same balances. That's why it's intriguing to me to see folks that are very opinionated. And you can tell What that's all about. You can tell who's got uh, the little man complexes. They're the ones that, no matter what you do, no matter what I show, whatever I prove, I'm in a trade, I'm executing. It's a live account. You know that you want. They want to change the subject. <laughs> oh, he was showing this and showing that, but you know he had this cropped out. And you'll know if it's a live account because you got to look for the green dot. Well, hello, the green dot. Just because I'm magnifying the screen. Doesn't mean I'm hiding anything. It just means I prefer no borders on my chart. I'm obsessive. But when I see these little dick guys, okay, these little pissants, okay, these little talkers that can't find their own way in the world, they see somebody doing something that just completely transcends the levels of reality that they live in. They can't deal with it. So they got to come in here and try to disrupt shit. I am so at a point right now, I can see the tide in the public. And this is another reason why I'm rolling back into being private again. Okay. Private being, I'm not trying to be on social media. I don't have patience for you dumb fuckers. Okay. Not, and I don't mean that you know, in general for all of you. You know who I'm talking about, the people I just mentioned, these asshats, these clowns, these motherfuckers that have no fucking idea what they're doing. They just are miserable. The more these things that are coming into the world start pressing on everybody, the more that shit's going to get intense. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be more of it. I don't have the patience to deal with stupid people. 
Like, I don't have the patience for that. And I don't have the tolerance to be able to control myself. Like, I, I mean, this is what you get. Like, in this type of event or medium, I'm unfiltered. Whatever's on my mind, whatever's in the front of my mind, that's it. That's what's coming out of my mouth. That's it. And I don't people's feelings. So because of that, and I know that it's going to get hard, I don't give a fuck about social media. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I'm, I'm laying down a legacy of the guy that came out and proved he could do it, made millions selling it, then stopped on my own accord to prove I don't need that. And then I gave it away for free just to piss off all the motherfuckers out there that have ripped me off and tried to take credit for something and claimed it as Wyckoff and it's not. Or it's supply and demand and it's not. We're all seeing it. I mentioned it last time we were on this, the Twitter space. Go over to Amazon and do a search on smart money concepts. There's dozens of books out there and it's all what comes right out of those core content lessons. No mention of where it came from, <laughs> but that's where it came from. So these people are pieces of shit, okay? And I'm going to see a whole lot more of that because I've made the core content lessons public. Okay, that's fine. I understand. But you all know where it came from. Well, you know where it came from, and you know, if these people have no class and they don't want to give credit where it's due, you know, fuck them. I don't give a shit. I'll be in their review section telling everybody, go to this channel, and you'll see it. Just like uh, John Fibilotti. <laughs> Jonathan Flood, you fucking fraud. Everybody knows that you're full of shit, and that book was a complete write-off out of my core content. And you gave credit to people that had no fucking business receiving credit for any of it. None of them. So if you're out here, and you're getting ready to do a book on Amazon, just know you'll get more credit if you cite the person that you learned it from, period. I've given it to the world. It's a gift. But if you treat it like you discovered it yourself, you're going to find that people are going to shit all over you. And rightly so. But you're also seeing that it's not anything like everybody else claimed it is. Oh, it's fake. It's cherry-picked. Oh, it's cherry-picked. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Cherry picking winner after winner after winner after winner with a live account. Whoops. That's pretty fucking good, isn't it? That's the kind of cherry picking you want to do. So you all think it was, well, it's 15 different demo accounts and um, a rented server. And I had somebody send me a thing on TradingView the other day. You keep mentioning a rented MT4 server. Like, what is that? Like, what what is it? What it is, is is you're buying a white label brokerage that isn't active anymore. And I don't know everything about it, but basically you pay for access to it and you can manually put in trades to make it look like you entered at a specific time at a specific price and you can make it look like a live account. And that's why MT4 with even my FX book is bullshit. So all you out there that, oh, look at this right here. I got this. I made that. Let me tell you something. Run a million dollars up on your MT4 Raja in the World Cup. Put your $50,000 in there and run up a million dollars in that account. I guarantee you, you won't need to advertise. You won't need to come to my 
Twitter space or my tweets and say, I called this move. They're all going to know you. That's how you do it. Because I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't think you're trading with real money. And that's sincere. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to shit on you. I just think that that is not real. And it would be very intriguing to see you do it in something like that, where it's absolutely in a setting where nobody can call you fake. And guess what? That would be earning respect for me. And I'd come out and say, that's the, that's the real one right there. But I don't think you'll do it. I've been inviting everybody for what? Shit. I think the first time I did it was 2012, 12 or 2013. Some asshat came on uh, Baby Pips and talked some shit. I was like, okay, let's go over there. They never did anything with it. But each year, there's always been somebody. And Vinny E. Mini is the one that's tried the hardest, but still ain't found his balls to go in there and do it. Now, think about it, folks. Be honest. Okay, listen to me. I know most of you think, why am I wasting my time with this guy? But Because I want you to understand. <laughs> He is so hell-bent on finding relevance in this industry. He's willing to slander, lie, make up bullshit, Photoshop, make up nonsense. When the easiest thing to do what he says he could do, beat me. He said many times that he was going to go into Robbins and put multiple accounts. He keeps skirting around the fact that I said, I will show you my only account number. You do the same thing. Log in, prove that you joined, that you registered. I will do the same fucking thing. Whatever amount of money you want to start with. You want to go in with a million dollars? I will do it. You want to go in with $3 million? I will fucking do it. You want to go in there with $10,000? I will do it. One account. And I will be in there with you, Denny. Just like you said. Just like you begged me for. Oh, he'll, he won't ever do it. Motherfucker, I've been year long begging for it. Let's go. But you won't do it. And that's disappointing. Because I thought for sure that maybe you found some balls. Because I told Tom, Dante, that you would never do it. Because you know I'm way better than you. You will never get to this level. Never. You will never fucking get to this level, Vinny. Never. You'll never do it. I could stop. Let you go 20 years trying to refine your shit and you still won't be one-tenth of the fucking trader I am. And that's the real fucking facts here. Period. I could beat your ass with just the fucking YouTube model with one contract. Call my bluff. Call my motherfucking bluff because once you and I are in there and it's registered and we publicly made our fucking account numbers known publicly, that's the only accounts that are going to matter. I can't use a different one. I mean, think about the logic you're saying there. I mean, folks, listen, pay attention to this for a second. Where the fuck is the logic in someone saying, ICT is going to use his family members to open up accounts? When, if I show up on that leaderboard, I better not fall off. Like, what's the chances of me using a mul like multiple different accounts? Let's just say I wasn't willing to show you my full account number. When I fucking am, I've already done it with my TD Ameritrade account. I baited this guy. I wanted him to say, oh, I'm going to kick his ass. And look how he's trading. I want Because he knows. He knows I baited his ass. He knows I did that shit. Just to make like, oh, it's a trap. You're fucking right it is. But I'm being plain and simple right now, Vinny. 
Everybody hears me. Everybody knows this. I will open up one single account and show every fucking person that will watch the video that will be literally two minutes long. My full account number. Me logging into the broker. The same amount you open up with, I will fucking do it. And then when you do it and I do it, I'm going to sit pat. And I'm going to demand that you just show your ass just one fucking time on the leaderboard. And I'll walk to that fucking number one spot and you'll never get near me. Period. You can't beat me. You cannot come close to me. Period. The whole fucking world will see that. All you got to do is step. All you got to do is stop your bullshit, your clowning, your fucking talking out of your asshole shit and getting your little minions to talk for you. You're supposed to have the biggest fucking futures Discord channel, but your videos don't have any fucking views unless you put my name in it. They don't have any comment section that's filling up to support you. You beg them to defend you when you're making up lies about me. Oh, you better thumbs up my fucking comments or I'm going to ban you. What is that, dude? I, I know I'm unstable, but that's fucking lunatic. So you want to do a class action lawsuit? Okay, I'll beat you in court too. You want to come up here and get your ass beat? Come on up here and I'll beat your ass too. Dude, seriously. Like everything you said is fucking nonsense. Nonsense. You want my attention? I've given you my full attention. I'm willing. I cleared my whole fucking schedule, dude. I cleared my whole fucking schedule. All you have to do is come to the dance. But everybody sees you doing what I've already told them last year you would do. Talk. Talk. And talk. And I have been proven all year long. Every fucking thing. Proof. And I'm just fucking dabbling. I'm just playing around. I will absolutely stun your ass. And your algo box is shit. This garbage trash. It is nowhere near anything that I can do. And I don't need any of my best stuff to beat it. I don't believe you have real profitable students. Because they would be coming out in full force showing everybody. Do I believe that you have people that are doing something and they have hit and miss results. Yes. You have a student of mine that put out some horse shit saying that I was a fraud and he couldn't make it work because his girlfriend left him and his business failed and whatever. And he was going to be a profitable student with algo box. He's not profitable. Is he? I told him, you and everybody else, he's not going to be profitable in anything. You can't make a winner out of a loser. And I can't make a winner out of a loser. My limitations. I'm not, I'm a realist. But you can't sit around and talk about how you have all these results when it's market replay fucking performance reports. That's not a live trade, dude. I mean, you talk about me demo this and demo that. I'm in a fucking live account. I'm in your broker. And they shut me the fuck down. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have no more excuse. The emperor has no clothes now. You must.
come to the dance. Or be the man and say, you know what? I'm not willing, I'm not willing to do it. Okay, enough of that. But I have shit about you. I have not come at you, but it, it's gotten real old, man. It's gotten real old because you're trying to get a name for yourself on nothing. And normally I don't give a fuck about that kind of stuff. I don't care about that. There's a lot of that kind of shit goes on all the time. Last time I was on Twitter, same way. Talkers. I'll challenge you. <laughs> and then they don't, they don't come in. Okay. So that's why you have to join. Show your account number. Because, hey, by some crazy twist of events that you do win, your account number needs to match. It better be the only account everybody knew you were using. I mean, think about it. Tweet to me, hell yeah, that's fair. If you think that that's fair, we both, and if Raja Banks wants to join too, anybody else that wants to join, that guy Sam, whatever the fuck his last name is, I don't know him. We all have to show the same full account number. I'm willing to do it. The same full balance. And show that they're in it. And once they appear on the leaderboard, it's go time. ICT has to perform. Like, seriously. Like, I'm, I'm on the hook. But you won't do it. Because you're going to look like a real piece of shit that you didn't do anything. You couldn't even keep up. And your only excuse is going to be, well, I just wanted to see him do it. Like Tom Dusley tried to say. I wasn't really challenging because he didn't call me out. That never happened. He appeared because somebody on the fifth spot fell out. They blew out. And his 40% showed up for one day. And then someone with 36% the next day knocked him off. Whoops. And he was quick to say, well, you know, I really just wanted to see what was happening. I wasn't really trying to win it. Nobody goes into a fucking competition like that and not try to win it. <laughs> it's always been get on the leaderboard first spot. Call me out. Benny, all you got to do is get in number five. Anyway, I promise you. I will whip your ass. I won't say anything. I won't talk smack while I'm doing it. I will just do it. And for participation, I will give you the fucking Robbins trophy. I'll drive my Class A RV right down into your little neighborhood, knock on your fucking door, and hand deliver it to you, and you can live stream it. Just because you did it. Just because you tried. Not just appeared and failed, and you know, you're going to really try to do it. I will give you the fucking trophy. And I'll even sign it. Come on, man. What else do I got to do? <laughs> what else do I got to fucking do to get you in there? Because there's no fucking excuse. Why do you keep trying to get me to go into the Robin's Cup when you know my system doesn't work with it? Horse shit, Benny. It's a fucking hot button. Buy at the market, sell at the market, buy limit, sell limit. There's no fucking excuse. None. Anybody that trades the markets knows this. We're at the end of the road. You got to nut up or shut up. Because I don't give a fuck about your horseshit fucking class action lawsuit. I don't give a fuck. I have so many fucking profitable fucking students. We'll come in there fucking with bells on. 
<laughs> I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. I don't care. But I really want to whip your ass. <laughs> I really do. I have never wanted to deal with anybody else more than I do right now about you. You've lied and said terrible things about my family. And it's taken a great deal of composure, meditation, and prayer not to come down to fucking Texas and get locked up. But I know why you're doing it. I get it. You made up the fucking stories that you fucking did to try to get cancel culture to come down at me. Listen, these people have received something that they know is real. And they know the person talking right now isn't selling them anything. I don't need them to buy my Algo Box subscription license, none of that bullshit. I don't need to do a helpings hand bullshit, okay, that only gets them in there and then they got to pay full price. I don't need to sell shit. Like, I'm bagged out. I don't fucking need any of that stuff. And my real students know this about me. They don't, they don't need to worry about an upsell. There's no service coming. So really, it's done. Get in there or pipe down. Now, I tweeted the other day. What do you know about the September 24th, 2022? And I mentioned that in passing because everybody on YouTube and everybody on social media is talking like, oh, no, did you hear that guy in, or in uh, Germany? I can say Japan. <laughs> in Germany, say, hey, we're all going to know where we were and what we were doing on September 24th, 2022. But what you don't realize is, is that guy was talking about Russia invading Ukraine on February 24th, but misspoke and called it. September. And you can hear everyone in the room sighing, like, <sighs> you know, because he said the wrong date. And, you know, everybody's capable of doing it. I mean, I've done it even in my lectures. I've said something, you know, I called a, a PDRA something that it wasn't because my mind's going 100 miles an hour and it's human error. But he made the error of calling the day that Russia invaded Ukraine, which is in. February 24th, 2022, he was stating that everyone's going to remember where we were the day and what we were doing the day that Russia invaded Ukraine. That's what he was basically saying there. So I know there's other stuff out there where they talk about the Shemitah ending, and I'm not going to get on all that stuff. But uh, what I see, and this is what I, I think of, and, and, and Permit me. I know a lot of you in here may not subscribe to the same spiritual views that I have, and I'm not trying to preach to anybody, but you all asked what I was referring to and what my opinion is about this weekend. I'll let you know what my faith is, and just for conversation's sake, I'm not trying to convert anyone because it doesn't work that way. Unless a man, unless God draws a man, you know, that's it. So me talking about it isn't enough. So... I know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, but that is not what I'm trying to do here. I believe that the Feast of Trumpets uh, this weekend, which technically I think falls on the 25th. So um, 
I believe in Christ. I believe he's the Messiah. I believe he is God in the flesh and he's the only God. And that's my personal belief. That's my faith. If that doesn't align with yours, I don't I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm not going to apologize either. But I believe that Christ fulfilled the spring feasts, the, the feast of first fruits, the Passover, and the first, I'm sorry, the, uh, the feast of unleavened bread. And then his spirit being poured out on believers on Pentecost, he fulfilled that. But the fall feast, which is Feast of Trumpets, which interestingly enough has the connotations added to it where you don't know, no man knows the day or the hour when that feast really begins because they have to look for the first sliver of the moon to show. So when they when they asked Christ, you know, what's what's it gonna be like when you come back? Like, you know, how are we gonna know all these things? And uh, he says, you know, no man knows the day or the hour. To me, I think that was like a tip-off to draw your attention back to the fall feast because everything about his life and his ministry, his death, burial, and resurrection are hidden and linked to those fall feasts and spring feasts. Spring feast and summer feast has been fulfilled, but we have the fall feast. And Russia and Iran, Magog and Gog, and Persia, as we hear about it in the Word or the Bible, uh, they're they're allies now for the first time in history ever. Never, 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 never has it ever been like that. Right now they are. Ezekiel 38 and 39 describes something that would otherwise be known as, in modern descriptions, as nuclear fallout. There's going to be a bomb dropped in Israel. And the fallout is described in that as a, as a resulting uh, event. You're not allowed to touch this. Don't touch this. this you know, don't do these things. Don't go in this area. That's fallout. Okay, how could someone explain a nuclear bomb back then when that technology didn't exist? So every year, I've been excited around this weekend because I believe that it's biblical. And there's been many years that go by and nothing really happened. But look at the world. I mean, everything's upside down. People have grown corrupt. They've lost love for one another. Just look at me. <laughs> Everyone's coming at me, and I'm trying to be the, the most generous person at the table. I believe that this weekend could have a major event take place. I believe in a, an event called the Harpo, the Harposa, the, that catching away. And to the normal person, that sounds preposterous. I know. I get it. But I believe it. And I don't care what anybody else's opinion about it is. But I believe that the world is in a position where we can see things. That's why I've been telling you all, even in my private mentorship, you need to start expecting science fiction level stuff. Meaning things that you read about in the Bible and you think, oh, it's a myth. These are fables. No. I've experienced things in my life that just, I can't. I cannot explain them outside of the Lord. The way I learned what I know came from him. And I don't care that people like Vinny make fun of it. Like, you're not making fun of me. You're making fun of the Lord. 
And I don't find any embarrassment when you play my testimony and I'm tearfully explaining why I don't care who believes me because <laughs> I don't. This is ex these are experiences that I I had. And there's nothing anybody can take away from me to say that I didn't have. And there's been many times, like when I was talking to everyone before Trump was elected, when I started talking about how Trump was going to be elected before he was, and that he was going to be using, they were going to crash the economy, my hand to God, I don't even know where that came from. I listened to that later on, and I was like, what in the world? Like, I have a tendency to, to run off and go on, you know, memories and experiences I've lived through as a trader and as a person, as a father, a husband, and, you know, the whole thing. But when I was telling everybody that, I didn't understand where it was coming from. But, man alive, it, it all came to pass. And I'm amazed by that. Not because I think I'm special. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think I have ESP. I just think I was given a word and I was speaking it. And sometimes when it comes to the economy and sometimes when it comes to the marketplace, especially like on longer term things, I feel that same unction and I say it. I don't fear being wrong. I don't fear how it might be viewed by other people that would have a different opinion. You know, so-called... Uh, macroeconomic majors and, and talking heads. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I, I don't get my information from other people. I don't go to Twitter. I don't go to news sources and try to figure out what's going to happen. Now, I read the tea leaves by the headlines to know how close we are based on the things that I believe. So I don't have a, like a news source. I know a lot of you try to reach out to me many times, even my students to are in the group still keep asking the same question like I'm going to forget and finally you know, spill the beans. I don't have a resource like going here and finding something. Like everything I've ever said, I've been ahead of everyone. I told you that food was going to be weaponized. I told you if they go past the two-week lockdown, you know, we're in some serious trouble and they're going to put something on us that's going to be forced to vaccination. And all those types of things happened. I said in July 2019 on Twitter, when I was on Twitter before, I said that uh, something really wicked was coming. And then I said it again in October. I said, remember what they did in September 11, 2001. Right after that, in the United States, they used to have this uh, the terror threat thing. It was so silly, but it caused so much anxiety in me personally. Like that was the height of my agoraphobia. It was the height of my generalized anxiety. Like I had panic attacks weekly, literally took me to the emergency room. I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was having a stroke. I thought I was dying. I could not eat. I was physically fit. I had 18 inch biceps. A 47-inch chest, a 30-inch waist, I could do a whole lot more than I can do now. But I went down to 150 pounds and frail. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll find that picture tomorrow and I'll, I'll post it. You'll see how emaciated I looked because I couldn't.
I tore myself up worrying constantly because of the nonstop bullshit. My wife, she was always watching the news. And I was never really a big fan of watching the news. I, it, you know, I grew up, my grandparents and my mom, you know, the six o'clock news, and they never stayed up late enough to see the 11 o'clock news. But six o'clock news, that was the shit. Like you had to kind of had to find out what was going on. So my wife, who I'm married to now, she was a big, you know, follower of, of the news. And it was always stressful. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, they, okay, here's the terror threat today. We went from yellow to oh, terror threat is orange. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know who it's going to be, but something's probably going to freaking happen. <laughs> somebody's going to do something to us. You know, somebody's going to blow up something. Someone's going to drop a plane on your house. Like, that's the kind of stuff that that caused in me. Like, if you watch that stuff all the time, and it feeds you constantly, and it does the very thing that it's designed to do. It tells a vision, television, the vision they want you to see, fear and control, comply. And I fell victim to all that stuff. And I never on medication, not for my bipolarism, not for any of the other things that I've ever suffered in life with. And I was not about to go on to anxiety medication. I wasn't going to do it. So I had anxiety. I'm sitting out here on my deck and it is so cold out here. <laughs> like I should have wore a hoodie or something to warm up. I'm getting chilled. But I sit, I sit and watch these news broadcasts with my wife then, right? And every day they would change the terror threat. And sometimes they would out of nowhere. Oh, the terror threat's been elevated to red. That means if you see suspicious activity, if you see someone with a bag that they dropped somewhere, it could be a dirty bomb. What the fuck? Like, dude, looking back at that stuff, it's like, what the hell? I know some old enough to remember that because you're young, but that's how that shit was back then. And anybody that's in their 40s or whatever, you know that's the way it was. Like, that's, the, that's what was going on. They controlled everybody. And I stated that that was what was likely to come. They're going to do something worse than what they did on the 11th and post-September 11th. Controlling people. The Patriot Act. I was all for it. Like, yeah, if they do, if they support these people that want to, you know, blow up airplanes and crash them into buildings and such, yes, it's an inside job, and I don't care what you think about it. But those things made me support the idea of the Patriot Act. And then when I discovered what the Patriot Act really is, they can call anybody a terrorist, and you have no rights anymore. You don't even have a right to a lawyer. That's terrifying. But I was so mad. I was like, yeah, anybody that does like that, about our country like that, they need to be stripped of their rights. No, that's not right at all. But because they worked on me with her, watching that freaking television every day with my wife, she was a mess, I was a mess, and then finally it got to the point where like, I could not function. It affected me with my investments. It affected my health. Like I stopped eating. I literally, this is what my diet was. Four strawberry inshores. Bottles of water. And it hurt to swallow any of the water or inshore. Because I've had so much erosion in my esophagus because of stomach acid and fear. That it was, it was crippling. 
And then one day I said, you know what? I just can't. I can't watch this stuff no more. So I, t I just completely stopped watching television. And a funny thing happened. My stomach improved. I didn't have any digestive issues. I started gaining weight naturally, more healthier. I was able to start exercising again. Didn't get quite as muscular as I was before I started becoming emaciated and developed agoraphobia and, and anxiety. But I got okay. But I didn't have the, the desire to watch television and get controlled by fear. I didn't care about ever looking at it again. And in my home, I have nine different televisions. And I can tell you, I probably watch maybe, maybe four hours a month. And that means if my wife says, hey, you want to watch a movie? Okay. But it's something that I own already. Like I have a library of old movies. I like old movies and classic things. And you, didn't, you don't have all that woke stuff in those types of movies. Now, anything that's produced today, it's, it's all bullshit. Like it's things that make you go at odds with other everyone else. You, you end up being a Vinny. <laughs> the guy acts like he's a Republican, but he acts more like a liberal than anybody else I've ever met. These these things that cause us to be anxious and things like that. You know, I tried to prune that out of my life, and that also was with friends. And there's a lot of folks that were very draining. Like when you hear from someone or they come see you or you make the mistake, go see them. Do you feel like you're empowered or enriched or appreciative that you spent time with them? Or do you feel like a fucking vampire just sucked the life out of you? You ever, you ever been around people like that? Or have you ever, you ever watched something and you just feel like, man, not only was this a waste of time, but I feel like shit now. This was so draining. That's the kind of stuff I pruned from my personal life. And a lot of it was toxic friendships. People and family members that were just very, very draining. I loved them, but I couldn't deal with them anymore. And it has nothing to do with arrogance or I'm better than them. I have more money than them. It's the fact that they were just chronic complainers. Everything they're they're a victim about everything. Like they they are the the ultimate. Everybody loses something. They were victimized about this. It's unfair about that. And you can't talk to them, encourage them. You can't show them. You know, there's opportunities for them to do, but they got to put their ass behind it with effort. They, they're not interested in that. They want to stay in that victimhood. And you probably know some people in your family and your friendship circle that's like that. And let me tell you something, the best piece of advice you'll ever get from me is take that stuff out of your life. Love them from a distance. But our daughter, you know, when when Vinny started doing all this stuff, it, it caused her a great deal of anxiety. And we moved her to another state. She recently came up and found, you know, obviously, you know, her friends at a wedding she was in part of. And we were taken to the airport. She says, uh, I don't think I belong around them anymore. I knew right away what she meant, but my wife looked at her like, what do you mean by that? 
And she goes, I love them. I went to school with them. You know, they're, they're like family for me. But I've outgrown them because they were constantly toxic. Toxic. And just, you know, she's in a different chapter of her life. You know, she's pursuing a career. And you know, she's moving up into upper management of a very large uh, grocery chain. No, she doesn't work at a new fucking Chipotle. <laughs> but she's she's doing really well, even though I wish she'd learn how to trade. She's just told me, and it hurt me because I, I, you know, I wanted her to do this. But she said, I just can't do it. You know, I, I wish I could do it. I would love to make you happy and proud of me to do this, but I can't do it. And I got to accept that. You know, it's not for everybody. But I was proud of her to, to state that, you know, she's outgrown toxic friends. It doesn't mean that she hates them. It doesn't mean that she can't, you know, fellowship with them once in a while. But she's thankful that she's in another state where she's not impacted and influenced by them. And she realizes how they held her back. When I removed all of the toxic friendships that were, hey, you know, what can you do for me, Michael? You know, what can you do for me? And if you don't do it, you know, why don't you do it? Because you're not a really good friend if you don't buy me a house. You know, if you don't buy me a brand new car because I'm down and out and I can't make my ends meet, you know, um, you're, never, you're really not a good friend. When I'm the same person willing to sit down with them and show them how to do what I do. And at some get tired of it. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to stop making myself available. And eventually you drift apart. And time heals that stuff. And I have no interest in hanging around those types of people anymore. And there's family members I have not seen over 15 years, 16 years. I mentioned in the last uh, space, I've only seen my father, my actual biological father. Five times, maybe. I'm thinking it's probably more like four, but no more than five. And every single time I met him, I regretted it. He would talk about how he would walk down the street with my mom, who, when she was younger, she was very, very attractive, very pretty. And a lot of guys wanted to be with her because she had low self-esteem. A lot of guys were with her. And he knew that she was very loose as a, as a young girl, and he was very controlling. And he would think about what she did, or if someone looked at her, he would smack her. And that's not right, but he would do that. And I would think to myself, like, why are you telling me those stories? Like, what, what's your goal? <laughs> like, why would you tell your son these ideas of what you did? Like, that's the, that's the memory that you reached back to? That's the thing you wanted to share with me? I mean, I'm, I've only seen you a couple times, and that's the thing you want to talk to me about? So clearly he's in the right place. You know, he's never going to get out of prison. And I don't think he would really do well in the way the world is right now. He wouldn't even recognize it. When he went in, just our local area in Maryland would not even be recognizable to him. We, we've built up so much, you know, so many different things that don't exist anymore. Like we could drop him in an airplane in an area where he used to stomp around in and he wouldn't even recognize it now. So he was upset with me because I would not give him money. 
for a lawyer to get out of jail when I already know he's not getting out of jail. He's got so many things against him. He's never getting out. And I tried to explain to him that you know, I understand what he wants, but you got two consecutive life sentences plus 20 years and you, pl- you picked up more time escaping Maryland Penitentiary in 83. Like, dude, like, <laughs> you're not getting out. Like, you're done. So I told him, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And on top of it, you know, this same person never reached out to me. He knew my birthday. He knew when my children were born, never sent him a birthday card, never, never cared about that kind of stuff. So I cut him out. I wouldn't write to him, and I wouldn't reply, reply to his, his letters anymore. That's a toxic relationship. That was a toxic drain. My mother, who birthed me and allowed me to sleep under her roof until I was 12, and then I asked to stay with my grandparents that summer and never moved back in the house with her. That's not true. When I was 15, I stayed with her for maybe half of the school year. And then her husband said that I had to go. So I moved back in with my grandparents. So that's how it was for ICT as a child. The whole thing of broken, uh, disruptive, dysfunctional, I'm a byproduct of all that stuff. And when you have that as a kid, and that's all you ever see, when you're an adult and you have choices and you have options and means to say, you know what, fuck this. I don't need to put up this bullshit. Even if there are friends or family members, you don't have to stay around that stuff. And you'd be surprised how much of an impact it's having on your ability to learn how to trade or trade profitably and consistently because you're giving a fuck about things that you shouldn't be giving a fuck about. These people are a mess. And either they're going to want to make a change or they're not. And you can't fix them. And I tried to be the white knight on a lot of occasions with family and friends. And it's just a waste. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And you have to make a decision. You know, this life is short. Do you want to walk around feeling regret that you can't fix somebody's problems when they have no real interest in trying to fix their own problems either? They don't listen to good, they don't listen to good uh, advice. Got to make sure you guys can see this. I'm not sure if it's still going or not. Okay. So, one of, you know, one of the best things that I did was remove all that kind of stuff. Remove news, remove television, remove toxic relationships, family and friends, and just focus on my immediate dependents and my wife. And I have one friend, like one close friend that I've been with in a friendship since pre-K. And we went through martial arts together. You know, I, I just, and I personally don't see him all that much either. So I'm very introverted. I don't have like a big circle. Oh, hear that? It's a fire engine. They say I live in a slum ghetto. Because you hear a fire engine. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure you can hear it. You probably can hear it. Trying to figure out if it's coming our direction or moving away from it. It sounds like it's going away. But uh, anyway, there's a lot of things that you probably don't realize that are going to impact or is impacting your developer or maybe distracting you. And it might be, I had one of my students reach out and it was a little upsetting and I felt sorry for she's one of the members in the mentorship. She sent me an email and I finally got to it, but it's like from the beginning of the year. She says, hey, um, I'm not sure what to say about this. I just feel like I just want to tell you this. And I know you probably can't do anything about it, but me and my boyfriend, we joined your mentorship together. We were doing it as a like a like a co-op. We were learning it together. And we got one of our friends involved too. And he ended up breaking up with her. And she just was completely destroyed by it. She felt like that was going to be her partner, not only in trading, but in her life. And it took her completely out of the whole focus of doing it. Guys, I found as my students, uh, they're more affected by the acceptance of their bros, okay? How their, um, their image is weighed in the, the view of others, their peers. And that's why you see them doing what they do on social media and with their cars and their things. And they try to look a certain thing in a certain way. And I found that the females in my, uh, the ladies in my mentorship, please don't come at me. And there's okay. Cause I'm a man, I'm a girl kind of guy. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. And if that offends you, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But the idea of a lady or a woman having her hopes set on being in a relationship and the man, you know, doing whatever he does, and it happens, folks, it's the way it is, uh, he leaves her. That, I have seen that happen in my community where relationships for the women are the main reasons why they are either distracted, taken off the, the path of consistency or continuity, and the guys are just frustrated because they can't get their image game up. And I found that fascinating. I can relate to that because I thought that as a 20-year-old, uh, everything I was doing was image-based in the beginning because I had to, number one, convince myself it was real. The money I was making was real. And I liked the attention it gave me when I was young. So it made me feel significant. It made me feel relevant. And the ladies don't care so much about that. They just want to be distant. They want stability. And if you understand, listen, man, this is important. Women want to be in a stable environment. They want their investments stable, just like they want their men. They don't want a rocky relationship. They don't want a man that's, you know, once in a while there, they're not going to be reliable and dependable and they need to be. Men, ladies, this is for you. They want to be encouraged. They want to feel significant in your eyes. If you make your husband who's trying to learn this, if you're in here as a partnership, any encouragement that you give your husband while doing this is going to be the most 
incredible jolt of encouragement, pride, not in a bad sense of pride, but just all around, like it doesn't matter who else doesn't view them as relevant or significant or, well, put together. See, a man, and I can tell you this, and this is an honesty, I love my wife and she gets on my nerves with a lot of things that she thinks and the way she acts and says, but she can undo me and completely undo me if she says anything about me as a husband, as a father, or when she comes at me with, I'm spending too much time doing what I'm doing with mentoring. Because those things mean something to me. And that's why I said last time we talked, I felt like I've been freed when she said she understood it now and she said it was worth it for her to endure all the stuff that she's done since we've been together. But when she encourages me, I don't care how many of you say, thank you, ICT, I appreciate this. When she did that, I don't care how many of you said it in the past. How many you will, I don't care. They don't even come close to her having said that. So ladies, if your husband or boyfriend is in this and you're hearing this, the best thing you can do is encourage them. Because if they know you're in their corner, man, that's what they need. They need to understand that you understand why they're doing it. It may be rooted initially in their need to feel significant, their sense of accomplishment. But I promise you, once they find significance and consistency and profitability, if you've given them that, they're going to treat you like a queen. They're going to give you the life that you have never imagined, and they're going to love doing it because they're going to trust what you've given them, the encouragement, the, the, the attaboy. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen to anybody else that says you can't do this. I believe you can do this. That's what a man wants to hear. And men, the ladies that are doing this, if they're partnering up and they're trying to learn how to do this, they want to know that you're there even when you get rich. You're not here to, oh, well, you know, I'm here because, you know, it's convenient right now. But if you start making money, well, it's time to go. I have more options now. I'm bouncing. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear... We're building this together. And I'm steady Eddie with you right now and forever. Better or worse, I believe we're going to be better in time. That type of relationship, that's what they're looking for. They want that. And if you can find a partner in life that has these qualities and characteristics about what you're trying to do and pursuing and investing like this, that's a treasure. Like that is a best friend a lover, a partner, like you, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. We're able to lean on each other. Even when you have a bad day, they're going to understand, okay, he or she took a loss today. I'm going to be a little bit more tender than I normally would be. I'm going to be a little bit more sensitive. I'm not going to do the little snide remarks that I mean in jest because they may take it a little bit too sharply today. And they may come at me and want to argue about something that really isn't worthy of creating an argument over. My wife didn't understand that in the beginning. 
sometimes when I would have a day where I'm losing forty, fifty thousand dollars, that hurts. Pride. It, and I didn't want to tell her I would have a day like that because it felt like weakness. And I didn't want her to look at me because she don't still don't have any idea <laughs> how to manage the kind of money we have. Like she just it's it's outside of her well comfort she gets nervous dealing with the, with the big numbers and she gets nervous with all of it and she just doesn't want to concern herself with it now it doesn't mean that the lady in her that wants nice things won't once in a while say hey look can i have this can we do this can we do that yeah that's fine i loved it but in the beginning of the relationship she didn't know how to manage me like i'm easily provoked i'm easily sent into a rage i'm easily taken out of focus and when a man like me and men in general ladies when we hurt ourselves with decisions that we made and we've lost money like let's be real honest men it's like a woman selling telling you you got a little dick like that that that's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing a guy does not want to hear. It may not even be true, but if a woman sell, tells that to a man, they can laugh off, say, oh, yeah, whatever. But in trading, and you take a loss, and then you don't respect that uncomfortable period that they're going through, or you make light of it, you're going to have an argument with that man. You're, you're going to have an argument with that man. He is absolutely going to do something that's going to set off a butter keg and it's needless. I have learned as a husband and a trader that every conversation shouldn't be around trading because <laughs> I, my conversations with my wife in the beginning were about what I was trying to do, what my goals were, what I was trying to earn, what I was trying to do this for. And it, it's, it takes over everything. And she's right when she said that you know, she was jealous because it was always her backseat to trading. And then when I started teaching, it was even further from me. It was trading, teaching than her. And I wasn't doing a very good job of being a husband. I wasn't doing a very good job of being a father. But at the time, I thought I was doing everything right because I was earning, providing, and giving them a lifestyle and what else. But sometimes men need to have a gentle little reminder. And I wish she would have had the understanding on how to steer me differently. So as a 50-year-old man that has gone through that, I hopefully have given you some younger folks ways to try not to do those same things. Because while I do love my wife and I'm absolutely in love with her and happy, she's, she's everything to me. Like she's my best friend. I don't have a history where I can say I was the best. I haven't done anything outside of a relationship, but I was not always there for her when I, when she needed me for those types of things, like the, the emotional leaning on, I was always in front of charts. And then when I started teaching, I was always in front of charts trading and then doing videos and answering emails and talking and doing all kinds of things. And she had very little of my time.
So what real significance is there being rich, having a lot of money, being successful, but not really being together? Is that happiness in her eyes? No. And that part, I wish I could go back and fix. I can't. That's like I can't go back and be the dad in the times when I should have been. And it's real easy, folks. It's real, real easy to lose sight of all that stuff and get caught up in the money, get caught up in the fame, get caught up in the, the sense of. And for a man, it's so much easier to fall into that trap because it's the caveman mentality. That's what anybody that's coming at me to try to get a name for themselves. It's the caveman mentality. They got a club. They want to come out here and try to bonk me on the head in front of everybody. You see that? He's just talk. Men think like that. We think like cavemen. We want something? Okay, let's leave the cave. Go out and bonk it over the head. Drag it home. It's yours. And don't think that way. Women are organization. Stability. Home. Not housekeeping, folks. Home. Building a home. A family. Men are conquer, fight, acquire, seize by force, earn. That's our language. That's the way we're wired. Women aren't wired that way. So, as a relationship model, you have to be aware of how each of you think about things, and investing will bring out the worst of you. If you let it, even if you're successful and it doesn't make any sense, especially if you just recently started and you haven't tasted success yet, it doesn't make any sense to hear these types of things. If you're young, you're thinking, well, I'm not getting married. <laughs> I ain't getting married. I ain't having any kids. Our daughter tells us all the time. She said it to us when we were driving to the airport. She goes, dad, I don't think I'm having any kids. I think of myself. Of all my children, I'm thankful for that because <laughs> she's not a motherly person. Like she's she's got a lot of issues and she's got a focus on career and derailer. And it might change when she's older, but right now I think she's making the right decision by not really doing that. I think my son Cameron, I think he is probably going to be the first one get someone pregnant. He's the the Don Juan of my boys. He's <laughs> he wants to be the lover of everybody, and you know, he's got a girlfriend. But I just I know she's going to be moving away soon and going to college in Florida. <laughs> Long distance relationships, folks, just don't work. And he'll obviously find someone up here, and you know maybe they won't be as protected as they have been together here. And I'll probably end up being a grandfather, and ugh, my wife will make me broke. Then I'll be buying all kinds of stuff without knowing it wanna <laughs> so anyway i'm not sure how we got on this topic but i'm glad i talked about it i'm glad i mentioned it because i don't think i've ever really sat down and thought about it as a topic i guess this is what you get when there's no script and no filter you just find yourself in a rabbit trail and down a rabbit hole but maybe you haven't given them relationships you know, it's easy to think as a young man, she's either going to be on my side or she's for, you know, she's going back to the streets. Hmm. I can tell you 
one of my secret weapons is having a woman in my life that understands me. She understands that I'm bipolar. She understands that I'm not going to be stable all the time. She understands that I am result-driven. Success is an important thing to me. Being the best is important to me. And when I don't hit a mark that I'm aiming for, or I incur a loss, that is something that will weigh heavily on me if she makes light of it. Because I view that, like any other man would, is you're making fun of me and you're mocking me in my strength. You're coming at me and attacking my strength. When it's not really meant by her to do that when we were younger, that's where we would argue. That's where our arguments stemmed from. Because it was my inability to be stable, which is what she was looking for, and she wanted to be able to be silly and make light of something that if I was able to be stable and not bipolar, I wouldn't go off into some rage about something such an uh, insignificant remark about it's just money. You know, how many times have you lost in your, in your, in your whole career? Well, wait a minute now. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear it's okay, honey, you'll make it back. That's what I wanted to hear. But if it was something snide and silly or trying to, you know, backhanded comment to, she thought she was being funny and, and joke. But in my mind, it's like, what did you just say to me? I think it's time for a divorce. <laughs> Not, but uh, I mean, it would be hurtful. That's how I would I would see it because I wanted her to be always in my corner, always encouraging. But I never asked her to do that. And then one day when I thought about what I would want to see in her as a response of me being a better husband, I said, you know what? I'm I have to one I have to be the one that changes first. I got to be that change. So if I change first, maybe she'll see it and it'll get her attention. It worked. And that's biblical. You know, you have to be, you have to change first. And if they love you, they'll recognize it and they'll be more patient, more tender towards you. And that's really essential. If you're going to be trading, if you're going to be in here risking money, it's not just your money, fella. It's not just your money, ma'am. If you're a partner, if you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage, it's both of your money. And when I was younger, I viewed my money as my money. No bank accounts together. No access to funds. It was she earned whatever she could earn and I had what I had. And what I made was mine. If I gave her something, then I gave it to her. That was not right. But admittedly, I didn't trust her. She didn't come from money. And at the beginning of our relationship, her mother was like, uh, I'll give you guys six months. <laughs> and it was just it was a weird way we got together. But uh, it was a toxic start. Her family members were jealous. Uh, they didn't like the fact that I lived a certain way and... They thought I was just going to run with her for a little while and throw her to the side. And I didn't have that view at all. Like, I was interested in her. She had a child. I had a child. 
I figured it'd be easy for me to get with someone that understood what it's like to be a single parent. And men, if you're involved with someone that has a child, tender towards that. And it's hard. I know it's very difficult. You're going to have likely another man in the relationship, and that's hard to deal with. Ladies, you got to be aware of that. It takes a very special man, a real man, really, to put up with that kind of stuff. And if you invite all these things into your trading, it's going to weigh on it. These are all things that you have to keep smooth. You have to have a balanced life. And it's easy when you're young to not think that these are going to be a factor. And folks like me and older than me that are listening to this, it's like, you know, you know what I'm saying. You, you've done it too. And nobody could prepare you for it. Even me talking about it really isn't going to prepare you for it. But at least hopefully it'll be in the forefront of your mind as a real catalyst as to what's stressing you out. What's causing you to worry about being successful so quick. Because some of you might be wanting to just be successful so you can get the hell out of that relationship. Because you know it's toxic, but you're stuck. You're not stuck. You're never stuck. But some of you might view it like that. Feeling of being stuck in a toxic relationship will make you do what? Oh, man, I gotta make money. If I can make money, I can get out of this bullshit and get my own place, make my own ends meet. I don't have to rely on that second income from this person whether it be the lady or the male in the relationship or a significant other. If that's what you're enduring, it would be better for you to get out of a toxic relationship and then focus on trading. Because you're going to try to do things emotionally to spur on a faster reaction or response or result that's probably not going to be what you were hoping for. Because you're being impulsive. You want to get out of that painful relationship, that environment that is not conducive for a healthy lifestyle, happiness. You're going to want to do things to get yourself out of that. And you're thinking money's the answer to that. And you're going to find that it's impossible to be profitable like that. It's impossible. How do I know? <laughs> I tried to earn my first wife back rushing into live trading because I thought that, hey, I love this girl. She was my first. And gentlemen, she she looked exactly like Alicia Silverstone. And I got receipts and proof to show you in, in pictures. Gorgeous. And I wasn't trading when I married her. I was in college and getting a degree in computer science and she wasn't willing to wait. She thought that I was spending too much time with school and something outside of our marriage and there it is. But even knowing that, I still would have went back with her because I loved her. And I thought if I rushed out there when she and I separated that year, I was trying very hard to find success. If I could have completed my courses and learned everything I was supposed to learn faster, I would have done it. I, I poured everything into building myself up because my pride, like everybody knew that 
this woman, <laughs> this young girl, actually, uh, she was 16 when I married her. I was 18. Right out of high school, she was still in high school. I had to get her parents' signature and approval for marriage. So, yeah, it kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? That's almost a guarantee not to work. But she was in a household where her stepfather abused her sexually since she was eight years old. And I was willing to do anything I could to not kill this man. And I asked my grandfather, I said, hey, you can Angel, can she move in? No, 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 no way, uh-uh. And he made the remark. It'd be different if you guys were married, but no, uh-uh. So what did I hear? Go get married. <laughs> and so that's what I told her. I said, listen, my grandfather said, you can move in, but we got to get married. Okay. So we went and got married on that to get her out of that house. Now, this is the same person that I stood out at six o'clock in the morning with my grandmother's largest, that I was going to run through both kidneys and through the neck of this fucker that was abusing her. And he did decided not to go to work that day. The next door neighbor, my then wife's best friend's mom came out of her house. She goes, Michael, what are you doing out there? I say, I'm, I'm waiting for Angel. <laughs> no, no real reason to justify that, but that's what I told her. I was thinking to myself, shit, I can't do nothing now. Someone's seen me here. So I am capable of having thoughts like that, but it was because that sick motherfucker should be in but we went to the authorities and had him removed from the home. But she was already moved in and married with me. But he ended up coming back because his own daughter and stepdaughters that he was messing around with, they, they dropped the charges because her mother said, say it didn't happen. So he was allowed to come back in the house. So I was married to this girl. And for a little less than two years, we were together. And obviously, you can't complete college in two years, right? She would work, and I'm going to school. I'd come home, and I'd study. No trading. None of that stuff was going on. And we divorced in uh, 1992. And November 5th, at 9 p.m. on Thursday night, ICT was born. I read my first trading book about shit that Ken Roberts wrote about that doesn't work that I lost money on. But I was passionate. Like I was thinking to myself, I'll win her back. I'll win her back. I'll get successful at this. I'll make a lot of money. I'll make a name for myself. And I rushed in multiple times. Even when I knew I was probably going to blow my account, I had her as the reason why. So what was I doing? I was trading emotionally. Well, but trading emotionally. Trying to make something so unlikely to happen as my goal. And so hurt that I couldn't see it or recognize it. In my mind, I'm going to do it. I had the montage and music playing, you know, the whole thing, Rocky, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And every time I failed, it was just a, a worse feeling than the day she moved out to the, start living her life. And then found out she was with a 40 year old man.
that used to give me candy for free at the grocery store his parents owned. Yeah, how about that? So, I have experienced doing stupid shit, being impulsive, for all the wrong reasons, trying to be relevant, trying to be significant, and using trading as the catalyst for that. But that, does, that doesn't work, folks. And you can find yourself in those situations with toxic friendship, toxic family members, trying to prove them wrong about you. That was the other part of the equation. I wanted to show everyone in my family they were fucking stupid and wrong. And I wanted to rub it in their fucking face so bad. And when I finally was able to, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. But these same members of my family won't won't come see what I live like now. Like it, It's too much for them because it's real. They see I don't have a job. They see I haven't worked in decades. I haven't done anything that requires what they had to do. Now, they're retired, obviously. But these same people said that I would have the same shit and jobs that they had to work. And I didn't. So they live a life of not wanting to give me any kind of, like, they were wrong and well done. Not that I need that from them. I don't. But when I was younger, I was trying my ass off to be able to prove to them that they were fucking fools. And I was the one that was going to be different. And I was. There's nobody like me. But it wasn't easy. And it didn't come quick. It took a whole lot more time. It took a whole lot more money. And a whole lot more patience. To get this. And if you think it's going to be different from you. It's not going to be any different. It's going to be hard for you too. But it's worth it. Man is it worth it. You just can't go in there and try to take everybody's money in one fucking week. Because they'll do what they did to me. <laughs> Too much ICT. Leave some for the rest of us. Anyway. I could sit here and go on and on and on and give you another four hour show, but uh, I think it's time for, for this one to come to a close. I've said enough tonight. And maybe I bored you. Maybe I talked about things that had no interest to you. But I don't think anything like on uh, the 24th of September. I don't think that, I don't think the internet's going to go down. I don't think the, the great reset kicks off on you know, the 24th. I think that we're getting closer to something big popping off. And I'm not going to be surprised if it's something that disrupts the whole midterm election. And let me just state this now. If we have something that undermines the midterms, we are in some real shit, folks. And trading might not be available to any of us. And that's what I think. Things would be so disrupted. I don't even, I just don't even know how bad it would be. I just know it's not going to be fun. 
and I some of you are not American. You're like typical American thinks the whole world revolves around them. <laughs> I understand that, but I also want you to know that we're the last domino. I want you to pay attention. Europe and the UK, you're going to go through some shit this year. You're all surprised about your currency collapsing like it is. The pound's not done. They're going to pound it more. A lot of you folks over there are going to be freezing in a couple months. And you're going to wish you listened to me about getting supplies and blankets, warmer clothes, and ways to heat your home and power your home because I have a lot of friends and family that I've met through mentoring. And when I talk to you like this, that's how I talk to you. I, I, I want you to know that I genuinely give a shit about you. Like, I care about you. And I don't want to hear or read stories about how you aren't where you should be. That you're suffering and don't have something or you're in lack. But I've been warning everybody. And I know it sounds like Chicken Little. I know. Everybody made fun of me on Twitter in 2019. They were talking all their stuff. But look at the world right now. It's going to get worse. And it's going to fall heavily in Europe and UK first. What's it cost to heat your house? And what's your electric bill right now? For those in uh, in those areas, it's going to get real, real expensive. I heard that. Uh, I don't know if there's any truth to this or not. You guys can let me know. But Germany apparently has announced, starting on October first, that their military is going to be in the streets, making sure there isn't going to be any riots. Now, if that's true, and I'm not saying that it is, because I don't know for certain, but if that's true, makes you wonder, why would they be rioting? I know things are expensive. And I know a lot of you think, I don't need to do that right now. But if you have not been building up a stockpile in a large pantry of non-perishable food, water and water filters and things to light your home when the power goes out. Things to stay warm. Probably going to wish you did. I told that to my private mentorship students. One guy came back and said, all my food went bad. Well, if you bought the things that you eat and you rotate the stock, like I literally have two pantries. I have a working pantry and I have a long stored, long-term storage pantry. I eat food from a can that's two years old. I'm not sick. I've never been sick from it. They taste the same. And those dates are meant for you to hurry up and buy more. That's what those are. They're, they're best buy dates. They're not, you eat this, you're dead. It's not like milk. Okay, it's a suggested date on there. And then you can still have it for a week or two. 
as long as it's kept cold. But non-perishable foods that go in cans or dry goods like beans and things like that, they'll keep you alive. They'll feed you and your family. And they store a long time. So there's no reason for anyone to think, oh, I'm going to buy this food and it goes bad. You have to eat it, not live on McDonald's in the meantime. But if you haven't been doing that, it might be a good idea to do that. And yes, I think it's worth it to even charge it on a credit card. Especially if you're in those areas, Europe and the UK and folks in America. Once you start seeing it over there, you're six months away from it being here. That's the long end of it. It could be as short as two months after. That's the way it rolls. Now, when you hear that kind of stuff, and it unsettled a lot of my students, they literally sent me emails, cussing me out, done with the mentorship. You know, you're a fear porn guy. I'm like, all I want to do is make sure you're prepared. That's all. Like, why was I telling you? I didn't ask you to buy anything from me. <laughs> I'm not selling you canned goods. But these same people email me later on saying, I wish I would have listened. Everything's so expensive now. My parents, their parents they're referring to, they can barely feed themselves. And I don't have enough to do my own family and them too. And it's expensive right now. I don't reply to them because what do you say to that? Told you so. And sorry doesn't feel like it is enough. I get it. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like that this is potentially going to spin off into some crazy 1984 shit, but it is. These folks have plans that makes them a lot of money and gives them a lot more control. And the markets are not going to be exempt from it. And if you don't prepare and try to get your household ready for it, the best you can. You know, I, I, I work with a two-year supply of food. To me, that gives me peace of mind, but it obviously isn't, you know, perfect. Because if the shit does hit the fan like I'm thinking it will, I'm going to be counting down <laughs> every day. Do I have enough? Do I have enough? Do I have enough? And all the generators I have and all the solar generators and inverters I have, there might be a day where I can't get gas to run those generators. And if I don't get direct sun for a couple of days, my solar inverters can't charge up. So I'm stuck with whatever frozen foods if it's during warmer days. That's subject to waste. I can't eat it all in one day. Those are my concerns. Those are the things I think about. And having a lot of money doesn't exempt me from that problem. This stuff's going to touch me just like it's going to touch all of you. I have friends and family that I have to look out for. And a lot of them don't listen. 
just like some of you don't want to listen. You think this is all bullshit. Before Russia invaded Ukraine, months before it even was talked about, I said it was going to happen. And shit's going to pop off in Taiwan. But the real thing's going to be Iran and Russia working together to drop something in Israel. That's what's coming next. That's the real big thing next. Everything else is a distraction. And when you see a mushroom cloud, and that changes everything. And honestly, we like to pretend we're Billy Badass in America, but we've been turned into a bunch of pansies. We have a lot of strong military men and women, but the new breed that's coming in, they're soft. They're soft. They're not prepared. And frankly, we've had a good run. America's had a really good run. And we talk about how nobody would invade us because everybody's got guns and we're surrounded by water on two coasts and we have Canada to the north and Mexico to the south. Well, look at Mexico. It's a revolving door. Well, not really revolving, is it? Well, yes, it is. Californians are going down there to get cheaper gas and medicine and everybody else is coming through. So that really doesn't work well. And for a country that touts that they have water on both sides of it, so nobody's going to really want to invade it. They don't need to invade it. They could be sitting out there under the surface and send some things that we've never had experienced on mainland. But I honestly, I have been feeling like we're going to see that here. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be someone else doing it. You read between lines with that one. But you want to get a crowd of people that's divided right now to all come together and be scared shitless. <clears throat> Talking my voice away. <laughs> Drop a small tactical nuke somewhere in the United States and everybody's asshole is going to start puckering, including mine. That's a different, that's a whole different narrative then. And whatever the box on the wall tells you to do, everybody's going to be marching to that. Even the Billy Badasses, the militiamen, the boys with the guns that like the tout, they're going to have a 1776 moment. Their balls are going to drop off. Rightfully so. Nuclear fallout, not knowing when the next one's going to drop. Think about the science fiction level shit I'm talking about. You want to show how we're completely never going back to the way it was? Let something happen like that anywhere in our country, in America. And that's going to be worse than 9-11. People died on 9-11. I'm not diminishing that. It was horrible. It scared the shit out of me. It scared me for years. I was in fear for years. Three years I'd live with anxiety over that stuff. Every time an airplane went over, and we live by Martin Marietta Airport, every time an airport, I'm sorry, airplane would fly over, which was normal, I'm freaking out. Like, is this son of a bitch going to drop on me? That's how scared I was. That's not normal. 
But that's how effective their shit was. Now let a bomb drop in a mushroom cloud form. Everybody's going to be thinking, is there one coming? Because you're not going to see it coming. It's just going to be there. And if the government, the media, the news tells you, you got to evacuate. This is going to probably be the next area where it's hit. You think everybody's going to sit still? Hell no. The highway's going to be packed up, jammed up, looting everywhere. That's what I see coming. And I hope I'm wrong. I want you all to be able to laugh at me and say, man, you're fucking really wrong. But do you have to think about what they've done? They scared everybody into giving up rights, businesses, their jobs, family members. You couldn't go to funerals. You couldn't see relatives over the flu. Mm -hmm. They fucked up our whole global economy. You haven't even seen the real results of all that yet. This little bit of inflation that you're feeling right now, while it sucks, that's just the beginning of it. So how do they get more control? Because there's a lot of people like me and says, fuck you, I'm not taking your vaccine. Not doing it. My daughter took two doses of that bullshit against my wishes. I told her, please don't do it. But I'm going to be honest with you, my daughter's a liberal. And I saw you may be liberal and you're like, oh, fuck you, I'm, I'm turning this off. Okay. But when she went to college, they indoctrinated her ass with some stupid ass, ass backwards thinking. She's constantly got nosebleeds now. She gets migraines. She's got issues with her sinuses all the time now. She gets weird rashes on her back and her arms. And I hope and pray in Jesus' name that she does not fall victim to the things that other people have fallen victim to from those things that she's put in her body, thinking she was doing the right thing. They did that to so many people. And they hide all of the bad things that have happened because of it. And I know some of you are doctors. I had doctors in my mentorship. And I had people get mad at me and say, oh, but you don't know. I saw COVID x-rays. Listen, man, I get it. I get it. But you're also talking to somebody that has a child that was affected by a vaccine. So save your shit because I don't want to hear it. And I'm not talking about my daughter, my youngest son. When he was born, for no reason. I've watched my other children born. When he was coming out of her, they ran over and they stuck him with a needle. His blood pressure dropped. Within 10 seconds, his blood pressure dropped. His oxygen level went low. And he literally is the slowest of all my children now. He doesn't have the ability to stay focused. And in, in the early years of his life, we had him in an IC unit multiple times for breathing. Had asthma. My wife would be there the whole week with him. 
in the ICU while I was home being, you know, daddy ICT with the rest of them. They've done this to everybody that was willing to listen to them. What's the next thing? Think about it. What's the next thing? What could they do to really get everybody scared shitless? Kind of frightening, isn't it? Because they got to do something bigger, more grandiose. These people are sick. And they're not human. They're monsters. And they don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care if you live or die. They don't care if you eat. Their exact words are, we are useless eaters. That's their words. That's how they view everyone else outside of their little group. 300 people. That's who runs everything. 300. You can't touch them. You can't see them. And you think it's the people gets talked about. It's not. It's 300 people. And they pull all the strings. Nobody gets to be a billionaire. Unless they allow it. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That's the way it is. In any country. They set you up. Or they allow it. But you're playing by their rules. And if you don't. Well. Planes fall out of the sky. You suddenly develop a. Drunken habit of driving a car. Suicide with multiple <laughs> holes to the back of your head. It's not a group of nice people. And they don't care what they have to do. And they know that there's a little bit of time right now. They can do everything to speed it all up. Some of you know about Agenda 21 and 2030. There's something in 2025. And they're really, really pushing hard to get that to come together right now. Every country has a puppet in it. See, y'all made fun of America saying, yeah, we go in there, we spread our democracy. We take a ruler out of their country and put in what we want. We were just the hand that did that. The person or the arm that moved us. That's the 300 people. They come together, they make the rules, and they set up people. And they, pick, they take people down. They run everything. They run the markets. They run all the banks. They own all the conglomerates. They own everything. 
They have their hands in everything. And nothing you or I can do to stop them. You can't slow them down. Even if everybody in America said, that's it, we're going to go out in the streets and we're going to stand up again. It isn't going to stop it. Why do you think they're messing with the food? Because Billy Badass with all the bullets, when it comes down to feeding himself and his kids, your gun's going to get put down. You're going to care more about your kid eating or something happens to them, they're sick. Can you do surgery? Do you have life-saving medications to get them over something that you don't see happening right now? Because those same people that are telling their friends and family, let's stand up against the government. They're not thinking like that, but that's how these people are going to come at them. You want to control the people? Control the food. That's why Bill Gates is the largest landowner now in North America. You think he's buying that to put crops on it? He's going to grow food for everybody? <laughs> uh, no. How about you folks over there in uh, Europe and Netherlands? And how's your uh, agricultural world going along with uh, the World Economic Forum's ideas? Because last time I checked, you are starting to see the obvious that many people in America are just ignoring it because we're distracted with our little phones. You're listening to me on it right now. Wishing I could talk about order blocks and trading. And this is the more important thing. Because if you're not prepared for this stuff, you're not going to have the mindset if we can trade. And I've said this before, there might be a period where the markets are not allowing us to trade. What does that mean? I don't know exactly what that means. I just know that there might be a disruption. They may not be open. They may be taken from us. And my opinion about why can't you download MT4 on Apple? Number one, I don't know because I'm not an Apple user. I think they're garbage. I'll never own another Apple device in my life. I moved away from Forex for a reason. I told my mentorship why? And it was met with people saying, this is bullshit. You know, I want to trade Forex. We need to be focusing on Forex. You're welcome to do that. It's moving right now. I call the dollar higher, which means every other currency is going to do what? Go lower. I don't want to be in those markets because I am admittedly afraid that there's going to be a, a massive disruption in price. And I don't want to be offside in something like that. Think back to Euro and Swiss. When that was depegged, dead. That killed brokerage firms. In then they're gone. Wiped out. 
I don't want to have that kind of stress right now. Too many things juggling and balancing and getting people prepared. And I have a family to worry about. And I'm already wealthy. I don't need to be pushing the envelope for, for more wealth in trades. I don't need to do that. But I have moved my focus to equities and specifically the stock index futures because that's where it's obvious. I mean, look what I've been showing you. It's cleaner price action. I try. I know it's likely to keep going down. So therefore, you know, if I'm going short, I trust that even if it crashes, that's in my favor. But in Forex, you could have a wild three, four, one, well, three, four hundred to a thousand pip swing the opposite direction instantaneously. And then the bottom fall out. Or if you're in a pair that would be inverted, go parabolic against you going up. And I know some of you like to think that, man, I want to get a part of that. You wouldn't be able to trade that. Just like the CPI number where you see these guys with these demo accounts. Yeah, we traded that. I caught the high tick of that. You're full of shit. Sometimes, unfortunately, markets in hindsight present cleverly disguised impossibilities. It looks like you could have done something. Yeah, you could spectate, not speculate. It would not give you a seat on that bus. And that's what, like many of us as old timers, we liked the non-farm payroll years and years ago because we saw it move a lot in hindsight, thinking, wow, if I could get a piece of that, try to get a fill. You can't. It's kind of like what you watched me trying to do with that $13,000 S&P short today. I'm trying to get out of it. I'm, I'm pushing them to close, close, close. Nope. <laughs> you're not getting in. Well, in this case, you're not getting out, ICT. So I moved from Forex for a reason. And I know it wasn't popular, but I explained why. And I might be wrong. It That might not happen. That might not be a major event take place in the currency, but I find it hard for it not to because all these central bank digital currencies that they're getting ready to put on, <laughs> there won't be any reason for all of these currencies at one point. And I don't know which one's going to be the one that you should flock to. So don't ask me that. I don't know that. I don't know everything, folks. If I knew everything, I would be in Forex still pushing hard. But because I understand that I'm probably going to do something wrong, terribly wrong, at the wrong time, and financially hurt me, that financially hurts my family. And it's going to take me out of my focus. And it's going to be regret because I know better. I know I feel like I should not be doing it, so touching it. I know to trade. I went back to my roots. 1993, I was trading in the bond market. Those two markets were my markets. And that's why you see me doing so well with them because I know them like the back of my hand. They're very consistent. The understanding, the, well, the understanding rather, that I teach through price action, you can see it very easy in those markets because they're professionally traded.
unlike um, thinner markets, like some currencies and forex pairs, S and P and Nasdaq. Even though Nasdaq can be a little bit wild, they're a little bit more reliable. But even then, they bring with it, like you watched today. You could be right and do everything right. If they don't want you to win, they will prevent it. And again, as a reminder, because of some of you guys, well, maybe it was something with TradingView. No, it made it to the CME. My orders made it to the CME, and they were being rejected. So it wasn't a TradingView thing. If it was TradingView, the CME would have never had the order. And I asked AMP to provide me the CME report, the log. I have it. Ask your broker. They'll do it too. It's part of the regulation. You, you ask for it. They have to present it. And you can see all of my orders. Everyone was being rejected. And the bullshit saying that I'm trading with a 10 contract limit. Well, if I have a 10 contract limit and I'm short 10 contracts and I'm asking to get out of the, the position, I'm inside the 10 contract limit, right? If that's really what it is. But it's not because I've been trading more than 10 contracts. And when you watch me in that video, try to close eight of the 10, I'm well under the 10 contract limit. Why are they rejecting the eight contracts? Because they did not want me to close that with twelve to $13,000 in profit. They wanted me to just get stopped out at that stop at $5,800. That's just one of the trades that I was trading all last night. I traded all through London last night. I've not been asleep. <laughs> I'm pissed off. I've not been asleep. I probably won't be sleeping until Sunday. And that's normal. Sometimes that happens. It is so nice out right now. It's my time of year. I love it. I hate the summer. Can't stand the heat. But anyway, I promised I was going to wind this down. And I have about four different topics I almost started to reach for. And I know damn well I'd be here longer for <laughs> We'll leave that for another time. So hopefully uh, I at least entertained you, if not gave you something to think about. But I sincerely mean the things I said. If you have a way for you to get yourself prepared with canned goods, you know, vegetables, canned meats, the best thing you can get really, you know, like chicken potted meat yeah like i don't eat corned beef hash a lot but i have a lot of that in the event that you know it's getting harder i think beef prices are going to be very expensive next year i believe that all of the crops that were planted this year we're going to see lower yields of, of that and next year we're going to have even less because fertilizer is so expensive or unobtainable and everywhere that's allowing for crop growth and they're limiting irrigation. So whatever the normal usage of watering crops, farmers are being told you can't do that. Now the question is, is why? Last bit. A couple years ago, I told everybody, start paying attention to water. And we're in trouble if they create a water uh, futures contract.
they created one. Remember when I told you about Bitcoin? I said, as soon as they put a contract on it, it's done, they own it, and they'll, and they'll tank it. And that's how I told you. It wasn't going to 20000 The first was going to go down to 6000 and it went there. And I said it was going to go from 6000 to 3000 and I was wrong. It went down to 3200 So there you go. But then I told you, I would tell you when it went to 20000 And I did. And it went to 20000 I told you it was going to go to 30000 On New Year's, and I was off by a day. Then I said it would go no higher than 2000 no higher than 62 But worst case scenario, 70 And that was it. And everybody else was calling for 100,000 Bitcoin. And I said, the fuck it is. It's going down. We're going back down to 20,000. And again, everybody laughed. I'm just going by what I understand about algorithmic principles and theory. And my wife indicator. <laughs> the day she asked me if I was trading Bitcoin when it was trading at 19,700, I was like, that's it. I went on Twitter. I said, I can tell you right now, Bitcoin is not going to 20000 My wife just asked me if I'm trading Bitcoin. There's nothing about the market. So if she's asking me about Bitcoin, she's the last person in line. There's nobody else that's going to buy it. Going to 6000 And everybody trolled me. They hated me. They wanted, to, they wanted to know where I lived. They could burn my house down then. <laughs> they were mad at me. They were so mad. But I was so right. I think I had two calls wrong. On Bitcoin the whole time on the whole previous Twitter adventure. But I still don't understand it. I, I don't see setups in there that would justify it for me. Right now it's hanging around in a small little range. I just see it reaching down below 10,000 again. That's where I see it being drawn to. It makes sense to do it. You know, everybody thinks it's finding support and they think that it's going to be the bastion to, you know, indoors if we have a central bank digital currency, you know, overrun with all these different currencies dealing it. Or if the whole system collapses, this is going to be the, the, the savior. It's not. That shit's going down too. In fact, it probably goes down first. It's just to get everybody thinking digitally, thinking about things differently outside of fiat. Do you think it was the answer to fiat? No, it was the invitation to think outside of fiat. See, I, I see all these people that even when they were in 2012, I had a, a guy reach out to me and say, hey, look, you know, can you talk to us? I did some kind of a, I don't know if it was a podcast, you can call that or whatever, but he was like, you know, you should buy Bitcoin and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I just don't see it. I, you know, was I wrong in, in the grand scheme of things? I guess you could say I was, but I don't give a shit. It could have went to 200,000. I sure as fuck wouldn't be in it and wouldn't be touching it. Perfect example. I had so many people that did it and then they couldn't get their money. They got scammed out of it. And my own son, Cody, he invested in this horse shit. He's got $20,000 worth of horse shit locked up because of the Coinbase stuff. And he's stuck in all that crap. And I told him, don't get in it. It's bullshit. It's rigged. It's the worst kind of rig there is. And you have no idea how you're going to be treated with taxes. Like, it's, it's a mess. Don't get in that. Nope. He had to do it his own way. So he lost his money. And he's tied up in it. Now, here's the kicker. 
he took a credit card and bought crypto with it. So now he owed a credit card company for that. He sold the car I paid off for him, put all that into EBA and some other other shit coins. And it's tanked. And the people he opened up an account with, apparently you're going through some kind of horse shit bankruptcy or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But something's wrong with the Coinbase, in my understanding. And that's who he was in with. So everything I warned him about, and everyone knew not to do it, and the reason why I wasn't going to do it, my oldest boy fell victim to that. So <laughs> that's why I had to buy him a truck. He picked it out. I didn't take him out there and, this is the truck you're going to get. I said, go out. And he wanted the truck so that way he can pull shit around and be a big shot. So he picked out the truck he wanted for it. He doesn't make payments on it. He already has his own credit. Remember those, those topics I was, I was not going to go down? <laughs> I'm slowly working my way down them. But I have to get off here. I do want to get out and uh, stretch out. And I have to invert myself again. My spine's a little bit compressed. Uncomfortable sitting out here. Even though it is pleasantly cool. I hope you guys enjoy this kind of stuff. If we were the only friends, this is exactly what it would be like. You'd be sitting on the deck with me. And I'd be talking to you just like this. Some of you younger cats probably don't appreciate that. That's cool. That's cool. When you get older, you'll have a different appetite for types of things like this. I don't think I would have been all that interested in this. This is boring. This guy keeps talking. He loves the sound of his own voice. No. I just know things that you should be thinking about, but you probably think you shouldn't be. I'm going to leave you with that. Hope you have a good weekend. Hope nothing really pops off this weekend, but if it does, you know, it is what it is. But if I were you, I would go out and try to uh, enjoy the weekend, relax, and get prepared for another week of pursuit of profit and excellence. Study. And I think, what are we in, month seven now on core content? So I'll have everything uploaded by Sunday. So when Monday comes, we'll be in month seven. So whatever works out to be like an hour average duration in terms of time. I'm trying to hang it around that much. I don't want to put too many videos up at one time. That's like two hours or three hours worth of content. Hour. It might go over a little bit of an hour. That's where I've been trying to make the uploads that type of schedule because there's already too many of them up there and you're all trying to think you got to get them watched right now because I'm going to take them down I'm not taking them down I'm not taking them down so just relax in fact there's going to be posts in Twitter that I'll be taking you to specific minute markers so when you click on the link it'll take you to a specific reference in a video I want you to understand about that's occurring either in a market that I'm trading or a market that you're probably watching in Forex. So that way it's kind of like it takes you right to a specific moment so that way you know what I'm talking about and match it up to what the market's doing in real time. So it's interactive. 
you'll know exactly what it is. So you don't need to download the videos. You can, I, I, well, maybe let's do it like this. Download the videos, that way you have a copy of it. I don't care that you do that. In fact, do it. But the links on YouTube are going to be useful because even if you download those videos, the links I put up are going to be useless to you because that's not going to take you to the video in your own library downloaded on your computer. It's going to be an interactive approach going forward. So that way, even my private mentorship group will be able to benefit from it as well. And that prevents anyone from selling my stuff because I stuck it in their ass. Good and deep. <laughs> Until next time, be safe.